All right, we're back in today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped has gone from balls mafia to beard mafia in 2023 to keep you well-groomed from head to toe with their brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The Pro Beard Kit comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, scissors, but also beard shampoo and conditioner to ensure your beard is ready to impress and make clutch plays in crunch time when date night comes around. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WITHCG, W-I-T-H-C-G at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code WITHCG. Take your beard to the promised land this year with the brand new Manscaped Beard Hedger Pro Kit. On to the episode. Let's go. So my time is meant to fall in love. I could fall asleep and stare in your eyes. But that's all not. back on the podcast and I've been so excited to have this gal on the airwaves with me today. She's a healing coach in health and wellness from healing to living from one's personal power, helping people acquire peace and happiness. Raquel V. Saga. Raquel, welcome onto the podcast. Thank you, Corey. Happy to have you on. How's things going with you? Everything's good. A lot of growth right now. Um, everything's amazing. Happy to be here with you today. Yeah, I've been so excited to have you on. I mean, it was incredible how the universe brought us together when we had met at the uh, Cold Plunge facility in Data Point. You know, I want to get right into it. I'm excited, so excited to have you on. So I really want you to, to explain to my listeners like what you're doing today, like what's brought you to what you're doing being a healing coach. Obviously, our experiences usually bring us to where we are today. And I think you have an incredible story. When you told me about it, I was like, I have to get her on. So I'd love to, for you to like explain like your, you know, what you've gone through and you know, what's brought you to what you're doing today, helping people heal. Most definitely. Um, so a lot of what I do is help people get in connection with themselves because often we are not, we don't know our own selves and we like to think that we do. Uh, but that's one of the reasons why we tend to have a lot of hardships in life and we are trying to prove ourselves or we're trying to validate ourselves. We're trying to not be wrong or we're trying to be right. And so I just found earlier in life, even though I've been doing this, you could say 20 years, but I decided to launch professionally about almost eight years now um, is to just really do life coaching and specifically not life, but healing, because I've been able to work with lots of people that are in the pinnacle of life. They're, you know, they're in the, what most people call the summit where everyone aims to shoot for and they're there and they're not happy. They're not satisfied. They're not fulfilled. They're, they struggle with image and identity. And so I really understood that you could reach all these things in life, but if you haven't found closure or healed wounds, most often we're trying to reach these 
success is because we think that's going to make us okay, or that's going to prove we're okay. And at the end of the day, if the wounds are there, even though they may be oppressed, repressed, depressed, deep down, they're going to surface in our mental, in our psyche. And so it doesn't matter what's going on externally, internally, we're suffering. And so, yeah, that's, I, I do more of healing coaching versus life coaching. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, you know, I think one of the hardest things is to go head on with your trauma, you know, and some people downplay what they've gone through. It's like, we have to be able to have those uncomfortable conversations with the one-on-one therapy, you know, any type, the healing coach that we have with you, you know, it's so important because if you want to live out a healthy life, we have to work through these things, these deep rooted things, get to the bottom of it to, uh, you know, heal, right? Most definitely. Um, but I think even when you say uncomfortable conversations with, let's say uh, you said, I think you said talk therapy or, or, or with a therapist, we're often not even aware. We're often unconscious that we don't even want to have those difficult conversations with ourselves. And that I think is one of the, in my experience, my observation, that is one of the biggest challenges that we have as, you know, as, as humanity in, in society. And um, can I give you an example? Absolutely, please. So you asked me how I was doing today and I was excited to get on here with you and, you know, just kind of share some thoughts. Um, and I ended up doing a Zoom therapy with a young child he's 11 or 12 and um the parents they're all ph two of them are phd basically and one of them because you know there's a step parent involved and one of them they're masters and one in the psychiatry world one in the psychology world and 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 the other in in a whole other field and um in talking to this gentleman um we uncovered a lot of what he was struggling with. And so I had the conversation, two of the parents are very on board on having him work with me, but one of the parents, not so much. And uh, there's some apprehension, right? And it has to do because they are so high in their degrees that they want to um, like, well, what are the credentials, right? And one of the things about me is I've grown organically and by referrals. I've never done an ad. I'm just going to start doing ads, but I've never done anything like that. And what I was explaining to, to one of the parents, I was like, look, it's normal for this other parent to feel this way because we don't feel valid within ourselves. Right. We don't feel solid within ourselves. Mm hmm most of us do not know who we are. Yeah. That's why it's so important to thy own self be truth. And I said, so I don't, you know, he was trying, they were trying not to make me uh, like, you know, not to offend me. I go, I don't get offended. It has, whether you guys come on board or not, at the end of the day, it's your personal choice. I don't, you know, I know who I am and I know what I do. I know why I've grown so much. I know why I'm referred so highly, Right. But that's the thing is we constantly are looking for validation outside of ourselves and externalities and situations and people and events because we're very uncertain. We're very confused. And so we're not willing to have those those deep conversations. So we don't really know what's at the bottom of why we have the trauma. Right. 
And it's important to keep it separate, like you're saying. You have your side, the other people have their side, and you got to understand that. Not to be offended by it. I love that you pointed that out. You you know, I've I've pointed out that I've looked for external validation in my recent episode and Max with Maxie, my good buddy. You know, it's 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 common. So many people go through this where they don't they're unsure of themselves. They don't really know themselves, like you said, and they only feel good if people say a nice thing about them or you know with whatever they're going through in life and it's like if we can get to the point where we can feel good about ourselves individually on our own with ourselves it's huge it's huge right it's 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 everything and i'll give you an example that i use is are you suffering because of things you experienced things you lived are you suffering because of the trauma or are you suffering because of what you made it mean are you suffering because of what you interpreted it made out of you. Yes, I agree. That's such a great point because I've been in relationships where I've gotten, I've, I've been betrayed, I've been hurt. I talked about that on the Case Kenny episode. You know, from rejection in, in life, rejection from parents, maybe, right? Or in relationships, we kind of, if we don't work in, on healing those wounds, we're just going to look for the, the external validation. I've been in relationships where I needed those reminders that I was good enough. Where in reality, if we're, if we're healthy and we love ourselves enough, we will not need that. We can validate ourselves. Most definitely. You said something interesting. You said, uh, for example, when we were kids and our parents weren't there for us, right? We have the trauma that they weren't there for us. Right. That's what you said. Right. My parents were pretty good to me, but, but yes, okay. but, but no, yeah. I, I know you're talking in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically, yeah. right. But let's say somebody has the trauma that they felt their parents weren't there for us. And that's right. why they struggle. They feel abandoned. They feel rejected. Right. Okay. So was it that the parents weren't there or was it that mom was working three jobs to secure the roof over your head mm-hmm. and food in your tummy? And so she wasn't there the way you would like her. Yeah. Been, or she wasn't there the way you needed at the time. And so then you grow up and you understand and you value your mother so highly because you understand how much she did. But that little child, that seven-year-old, they didn't understand that. You understand that now because maybe you're in your 20s or your 30s. Yeah. But as the seven-year-old, your nervous system, fired and wired, connected, I'm alone. I'm abandoned. And so you don't understand why you're struggling. And is it factual that your parent wasn't there for you, that your mother or your father wasn't there for you? Did they even have the capacity to be there? Right. This and is... So- those are the things. This is like a one-on-one therapy session right now. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just because you see, even just that inter- when you said that, because that's what most yes. people interpret. And so then it's not that the being alone 20 years ago hurts you. It's what you made it mean that you weren't loved enough or you weren't worthy enough of having what other kids had both parents in the home, maybe, or they showed up to their baseball practices or dance recitals or whatever it is. And it's what you made things mean. It's what you're making them unconsciously or subconsciously mean that is actually hurting you. Right. Yeah. It's really interesting because I remember um, 
as a child for me, my dad, uh, big business guy, had to always travel for work. He had to always take off to support my family. And my mom was always there to take care of the kids, you know? So you never know. You, you might not understand as a kid, you know? It's like, where's dad going? Dad's taking off. Where's my daddy? You know, it's like, that can be, that. that's actually a good point. You know, I never thought about that. Um, but there's other scenarios too where a parent just like, they can't express their feelings and emotions well. They can't handle if their kid's crying. They get anxious. They get upset. There are different scenarios like that too where the kid, it's out of their control and their parent's not healthy too. Most definitely. Um, so in that case, like a lot of the times, a lot of parents like, oh, don't cry. Don't cry. It's okay. It's going to be okay. And so what the parent is saying, I am not equipped. I feel overwhelmed. And all I've ever wanted in my life is that a child wouldn't suffer the way I suffered. And I just need you to be okay. So we have a disconnect. You love this child so much. And you want to make sure that you're not away the way I'm just going to use you as an example. Um, because dad was always away on trips to support the family, right? And so you want to make sure you're there, but you're being there from the energy or the energetic field of, I don't want to be like my dad where he wasn't around as much. And so what you just did is you just brought that feeling of my dad's not here into your relationship with your child. Mm. And so instead of just being present, and you're there for your child, why does that even have to matter what was in the past? It can matter for you to deal with your own self, but most of the times when we haven't done our own healing, we cannot be whole in our presence with our loved ones. Right. No, that's a really good point. And I know that my dad, like, I mean, he'd be at all sporty events. He'd be there when he can be there. And he was, a, he's been a great father to me. He's like my mentor. He's a great, great human being. Um, but that's such, that's such a good topic to touch on. You know, I want to know what are some common um, things that you see, you know, the clients that come in and talk to you, what's the most common thing you see and you work with in the process of healing with their own stories? Oh my gosh, it's all over the map. Like it truly is. Yeah. But I'll give you one that um I see women struggle a lot with. You know, there's a high percentage of women and men. It's just not often talked when it comes to men. But uh, for example, for women, a lot of the times they were sexually abused, molested or or raped or what have you. And so often they lead from the parenting of they want to make sure their child's okay. They want to make sure they're safe. And it's like, why are you already imprinting that in present day? So you're projecting that what happened to you will likely happen to your child. Yeah. And so we're constantly doing that. And and then you can do it in many different ways, in just so many ways. Um, your mother wasn't emotionally available because she was sick all the time. So then you become this fanatic of health because you want to make sure you're not sick and you're there for your children. But yeah. then you become such a fanatic of health and you're always like pushing this theme on your kids and making sure there are supplements that you don't realize you're in an agenda. You're not actually living. Right. 
And so the and the list goes on and on and on. I could give you hundreds, thousands of examples how we're constantly not being from the situation. We're trying from that survival mode, the self-absorbed mechanism of I'm still struggling with this pain or this fear of what I've lived or I've seen happen to others. And I don't want that to happen to me again. Or I, if we have kids, I don't want that to happen to my child. And so we kind of open up the gate, the door, the portal to constantly bring all that past into the present. Right. And so that that's very important for why mental health is so important. Or another one, we want to raise conscious kids that this is one that I'm struggling with a lot since you asked what are something that I see a lot. A lot of parents hire me uh, to work with their teens and their kids. And um, I actually made a rule about two years ago that unless the parent is willing to work as well, because that's usually where it's stemming from, I won't work with the child. I need to make sure that the parents are are willing to do the work too. Right. And so one of the things that I'm seeing happen a lot because we have podcasts, because we have books, because we have all these different aids to us now, we're all busy talking about being conscious and mindful that we're trying to put this down the throat of our kids at an age where we didn't even give them the time to grow the muscle of consciousness. And so we're making them conscious at a time that's too early. I'm having kids talk psychology to me and they're 10, 11 years old and they've already self-diagnosed themselves because they're so conscious. And so we're not allowing themselves to really be present. They're, they're these projects of they have to be balanced and they have to be okay and they have to be healthy instead of just being a human. Right. No doubt. That's interesting what you just said. So when you talk about parents and, and them wanting you know, a good life for their kids to look up to, a, you know, parenting, good parenting, healthy parenting. I want to give you an example. So my mom's parents, my mom's dad, um, his dad left him when he was young. His mom passed away at some point too. So there's a huge disconnect. My mom's mother, I believe her mother passed away. And then uh, I'm sorry, her, her, uh, her father passed away too. And then there was a disconnect with the mom as well. So what they wanted was a good life for their daughter, my mom, and they changed it. They worked through it and they changed it. And the thing is, if we don't work on ourselves, like I said, there's going to be a pattern down the family tree, down the family tree, all the way down. And I think that it's so important to work on yourself and heal because you don't want that for your future kids. And I think that's a great point by you. You, you nailed it. You can never take anyone to where you haven't been yourself. So I cannot expect my kids to be okay if I'm not okay. And so that's like a, a cardinal rule that we just, it exists, but we don't realize it. We'll spend all the money for them to be okay. We'll do what we need to do for them to be okay. But what we don't realize, what they need the most is the example, the model, the template. They need to be able to see a healthy example, balance, happy, energetic, powerful soul of a parent if they are to become that. And, and it's almost like we feel like we're a lost. I, I, I wouldn't say that we verbalize it or think it that way, but it's like, we vicariously, well, like we got messed up or we have, we're okay, but let me make it right with them. Let me make it like, let me make them better. 
Right. And it's almost like uh, parents who ask me, what can I do? I go, one of the best things you can do is own you. Right. Like step into your power like most people don't believe they can. Yeah. I love that. And that will do humongous things for our kids. Absolutely. I love that. One thing I want to transition into is kind of, I want to go back to, to you. Uh, and if you don't mind, I'd love for you to open up about your, your road to uh, recovery and healing, the experiences you may have had back in the day and how you worked through it. Right. But also like, I want to know how important is it to forgive yourself or to forgive those that have hurt you in the past when, you know, things happen. Awesome. Um, so, wow. <laughs> That's such a, a big question. Um, I, I started, well, I was emancipated and on my own since the age of 13, married by the age of 16 and had my child, my first child at 20. I was in a lot of pain. Um, I had two suicidal attempts as a teen, uh, thought about it again at 26. Um, I was sexually abused uh, from seven and a half to 11, but that wasn't even the big thing that I felt that that wasn't ever my big trauma, uh, experienced a lot of domestic abuse, witnessed it. I mean, we had SWAT teams raided our homes a few times, uh, running down the street, yelling with an adult male chasing me you know, asking for help. Like it it was just really extreme, extreme poverty as well. Um, Helped a lady of the night, as I call it, escape her pimp that were staying with us at one point because he would beat her up. So, I mean, I've had quite like uh, an colorful life, I guess you would say. And um, I didn't think it really affected me. You know, at the age of 20, when I had my child, I read the League of Leche book, like it was the Bible. I read psychology books on how to raise my kid. I made sure to get a lot of education because, of course, like I said, I didn't want him to go through what I went through. And so I thought I was okay. And I got to my late 20s. I had my second child. And you know, I think I'm doing good. They're definitely not living the life that I lived. But somewhere in there, I started a yoga studio. And from there, I just really started to understand that I had suppressed and repressed everything that I lived and my body got very, it was, it shut down. When I decided, um, I guess this is the quickest way I could explain it. There was this book called Redeeming Love. And uh, somebody gifted it to me when I opened my studio and I started to read it. And I think I was in chapter two or three. And I thought that was the most disgusting book. I I got so mad. I threw it away. I couldn't even throw it away in my home. I went outside to the dumpster, threw it away. And then I came back to my couch and I was asking myself, like, why would somebody give me this book? It's such an ugly book. And I thought to myself, it's not ugly. It's that it reminds you of you. It re- because the book is that she was abused and raped and, and you know, mm. and um, and in that moment I said, it triggered me. Right. And at that time I was a mindful yoga teacher. You know, I was I was the yogi, and I realized, whoa. And so I went down, 
jumped into the dumpster, got the book, and I said, one day I'll be able to read it. That was in 2007. And I had told somebody that was talking about the book, I think it was like 2009, 2010, I overheard the conversation. I told him, oh, I have that book. And I shared my experience with her. And um, and and I told her, I just can't read it, but one day I'll be able to. And so she said, oh, it's a beautiful book. You'll love it. So fast forward to 2013, she um, she ended up working, this person ended up working for me and I was doing her end of the year review. And once we were done with the review, she says, hey, by the way, have you read the book? And I just looked at her and I said, I haven't, but I think I'm ready. And so I went home. It makes me want to cry just talking about it. I went home of joy, but I went home and I read the book and I couldn't put it down. It's a 700 page book. Mm -hmm. I didn't sleep all night. I read the book and I cried and so much surface because up until then I was, I was happy, you know, in quotations, I was happy. And I was what people deemed a confident, strong woman raising two kids, uh, good kids. And um, I became very ill, very, very ill shortly after like two weeks after I was, uh, I got to the point for six months, I couldn't even feed myself. People would come over and feed me. My son would have to carry me over to the bathroom. They were running all kinds of tests. Nothing made sense to them. Um, one of the things they said is like, you're actually dead. Everything, all your systems are shut down. We don't know how you're breathing. Like if we were to tell you, we're expecting you to take your last breath at one point. But at the same time, it was very confusing because nothing was showing up as wrong. And it's what they call a healing crisis. It's like I finally faced myself. And I think that's one of the reasons that a lot of people don't want to do this work, don't want to have those awkward conversations with themselves is because they're afraid that that's going to happen. And I'm, I'm happy to say after serving thousands of people at this point, I haven't had them because I went through it. So I know how to avoid people to go through that about how to face themselves and how to have grace. And so fast forward, um, I did data healing for a year. I loved it so much. I got certified in it because I wanted to do what it did for me, for other people. Um, I did. So yeah, I was sick from like December to June when my birthday is and somebody took me to this resort and they had theta healing offered there. And it was the first time I got um, exposed to it. Um, and then I just ended up getting different certifications and different modalities. And about two years later, 2014, no, in 2015, a year and a half later is when I started doing my own healing and coaching and I've only grown. And then I made it a group thing. And now it's 11 of us coaches doing for the Visaga coaching and courses, but that's my journey. You know, I had a lot of, um, even with the sexual abuse is uh, for a while, I used to get a lot of people with sexual abuse. Right now, it seems like parenting is a big one. A lot of parents really want to, um, they're scared, they're fearful, they want healthy kids, right? They don't want to mess them up, as they say. So that's my journey. That's how I started. And um, I just am so grateful that I got introduced. I've evolved it a lot because um, I call it theta mapping what I do because I do a lot of neurocognitive for you to understand, but then also to heal the body and the nervous system. So mind, body, and soul. Right. That's beautiful. I want to thank you for opening up to me and the audience. Oh, yeah. That's no, so I, sweet. 
Reminds me of the cold plunge. Hey, that's right. And we'll get into that. It's because you get that out of me, right? That's right. We were in the sauna and you opened up. You told me about your story. I was like, she's got to come on the podcast. I'm all excited. Um, <laughs> listen, since we're on the, the subject of sexual abuse and all that, I interviewed a guy named Theo Fleury, one of the best professional hockey players to play in the game in the NHL. And he went through traumatic stuff with his hockey coach over 150 times. He was sexually abused by his coach promised him he'd get the, the job, he'd, he'd go to the, to the, you know, play pro, and he, he totally took advantage of the kid when he was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, you told me that it's not just females that go through it, it's men, it's, it's boys that go through it too. It's, you know, and I didn't really realize that, I didn't know that. Could you touch on that, that it's not just females? Well, so here's the thing. I actually have, this is my own personal theory. I think that, because it, it's always been supposedly that, more women get abused than than males. I don't think that's true. I think it's equal. Um, it's just that we live in a culture where that's not okay. Like for a man, I, most all the men that I have seen, I'm the first person they're ever telling. And with women, they've shared it. They oh that happened to because it's normalized, right? That's normal. That that probably most of us have gone through that. So for males, they don't usually open up because it's even more taboo than it is for women. Um, For a lot of males, it's supposed to be like, ooh, well, it's a good thing, right? Like, you know, it was a sexual experience. um, And that's not the case. They felt very perverted. They, They didn't feel comfortable about it. They tried to understand it. It happens a lot more than we think with close age like let's say cousins, brothers and sisters, and and they were just being curious. And now they understand as they grow, okay, that wasn't right. And they have very negative feelings through, you know, about their sexuality. Um, Some kids witness watching or ran into or opened the door and they're very traumatized from, because it was something they didn't understand what was happening or what was going on. So yeah, definitely. uh, I think that we need to open up the conversation when it comes to males. Another thing that I have found when it comes to sexual abuse is if you go on Google and you type in, you know, that you've been sexual abused or how do you get support or help millions and millions and millions of, uh, what do you call those when you open up Google? Um, yeah, like, you know, like lots of information, lots of links are going to come up, right. For you to click on. If you put in, I am wanting to, um, you know, I'm struggling with not abusing somebody or I'm having sexual urges with, um, young kids, what do I do? There's nothing that comes up for that. And that's a problem. Because 75% of abusers were abused themselves. I am not condoning it. I am not approving it. I'm not validating. What I am saying, though, is we're not willing to have these uncomfortable conversations as a society because they're very Mm. taboo. And that's how we perpetuate this happening more and more um, and understanding and educating ourselves why we really do need to watch kids because uh, that's another one. A lot of women suffer with their sexuality because they were dry humping their teddy bear and now somebody walked in the mother the the uh, older brother and told them you're disgusting how could you do that or whatever it is and so again 
we make it very unhealthy. And that's why a lot of men turn to porn to try and understand. They think they're doing it to get stimulated or to get aroused. But initially when men started as teens or young boys, they were trying to understand. Right. Made it something dirty and we made it something not to talk about. And so, but yes, to answer, I guess I went on a long tangent there. It's okay. Uh, It's definitely more common than we think with men. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting. And you know, it's at a young age, you don't understand, you know, it could be a parent, it could be someone else who took advantage. And it's like, you, you don't understand why you feel the way you feel later on. And it's like, it's sad that a- anyone would have to go through that, you know, but it's important to heal. Something I want to bring up are triggers. I mean, I've been talking about that because um, mm-hmm. we all have them through our traumatic times, we, whether it's from childhood, like we've been talking about our relationships or whatever it is, you know, how important is it to work through triggers and even your own Raquel, how have you healed and like been very, I mean, cause you told me when we were talking, we were, we're going to get into the cold plunge experience, but we talked about how you were aware of a trigger, right? When we, when we went through the experience of cold plunging, you know, mm-hmm. how important is it to be self-aware and to heal through all that? It's huge because until you're aware, you're not actually living. You're just reacting. You're not here to create. You can't create a life. You're just kind of uh, responding. You're you're like in a program. You're coded. For us, if we have triggers, and I'll give you an example. I'm going to get into the cold plunge here myself. So I, I used to have a friend, or lots of friends would say this. Oh, Raquel has this loving, caring, she'll break her back for you. She is just there for for people. People know that I love them, right? She says, but then you think you're safe and you go in for the hug or you go in to like just embrace her to thank her. And there's you hit this imaginary glass wall, you know, and it just bounce. They're like, you you thought you were in with her and like, no, you can't touch her. You can't get close to her. And that used to be me a lot in the past. And so I remember when we were in the cold plunge, I wanted to jump in there. As soon as I got in there, I was like, what the heck? My body, I started hyperventilating. I was like, I need to get out. But as soon as I was getting ready to jump off, you, because I think my eyes were closed, but next thing I know, I felt you holding and putting my hands together and putting them close to like, for me to put my hands close to my heart. Right. And you tell me it's okay. And that because of how I used to be triggered, I don't get triggered if somebody tries to hug me now. However, I was in my most primal state of survival and you caught my attention. Like you touched me. You didn't ask for permission. You just came and you held my hand very lovingly, very respectfully. Yeah. However, the old Raquel made sure that that never happened. I made sure that never, ever would anyone, even as friends, would think that they could get close to me. And so I just remember that my brain went from, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die of this cold to like, <laughs> he's holding my hands. Yeah. Then I tuned into your voice and you were telling me something about like, you can do this or, breathe. you know, you're just coaching me, just breathe. Mm-hmm. You can do this. And then I calmed. And then I just sat there and I apparently the guy said longer than usual, I sat there for five and a half minutes in the cold plunge. And so that's the key, you know, it's like, yeah, it's good for us as friends and as lovers and as family to talk about our triggers. But the best thing, the end goal would be to be untriggered. 
where you yeah. can show up as a force, as a source to help others regulate their nervous system because your system is regulated. And, and that is something that has completely, I guess, why I have raving fans, the people that do work with me is because yeah. I'm not going to teach you about your triggers and your inner child. And now you're going to, and now you start creating another story. Yeah. And and I am going to have empathy and I'm going to show you how to have compassion with that. And I'm going to show you how to sit with that, but we're also going to move along right. because we can become untriggered for the most part. You're, you're going to be a human. You're always going to be healing, but you can get so far ahead of the game yeah. that you become just this power in this world to move it forward. Right. I agree with you. And you did a great job, by the way, when you plunged. Not many people can do five minutes and 30 seconds in their first sitting. I'll tell you that. Can I tell you my point of view on it? So when yeah. you so yeah. when you went in, I was watching you closely. I told you I'd do it with you. Um, first time meeting you. And um I just remember I love what, the observation, by the way. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> well, I was gonna I was I just wanted to make sure you can get in and you know, sit down and, and be comfortable in it. So I remember when you went in, you like hesitated. You're like, uh, I don't I don't know, but you still went and and that's when I rushed up and I gently grabbed your hands and put them together, slowly had you put your neck on the back of the, the tub. And you did a great job. It's just that first minute, right? And you, but the, the remember how I, I was breathing with you slowly? Yes. That was what helped you, I think, right? That is 100. So I'm actually a breathing uh, teacher. So yes, that is huge because you opened a bridge through your breath. Yeah. And slowly you got my breath to connect to yours. And so then that's what calmed me. And I do think that's why I was able to stay there so long afterwards, because I really got to a healthy place. Yeah. And and that's the thing. When we have dysregulation in our nervous system, we always choose the known, even if the known is unhealthy. That's why people will stay in domestic abuse situations, because even though it's unhealthy, it's known to us and over really kind of connecting to the healthy unknown. And that's why I, I decided to do the cold plunges because I want to do the things that I know are healthy yeah. that help me unravel. And so I'm, I'm very glad, you know, that things worked out. And I, I think I shared with you that um, I like doing cold plunges because I know I'm disrupting my nervous system because I when I was younger, people would offer me hundreds of dollars. Come on, get in the pool. And I would not get in the pool. Right. I would not get in any kind of, it has to be scathing hot for me to get into <laughs> water. And um, there was a friend, the same friend that took me to the same time that I got my first Theta um, session. And um, there was a cold plunge there. It wasn't like the cold plunge that we did. That one was 55 degrees. That's warm compared to, you know, yeah, um, yeah. what we did. But with that said, I remember sharing with my mom, I was, I felt so triumphant for having gotten in the cold. And she says, oh yeah, that's because when you were a baby, your babysitter would put you on cold baths. And until I found out she was abusing you that way. And so then that's what I mean about becoming unmesswithable. So then I purposely look to get in the cold water now because I want to undo those the triggers. Feeling. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. That's beautiful. And and you being there, I really did feel like it was like um 
like I felt like you were sent, yeah. you know, Aww. from yeah, it really did because you helped me understand going back to the sexual abuse. I remember I was with a friend and we were, I, I shared this with you yeah. and we were out eating and all of a sudden I look up and he has like this giddy smile, like, oh, she's so happy. And I went off on him. Like, why are you looking at me like that? Why are you smiling? And it was afterwards I caught myself. He just gave me the space. And then I I felt horrible. I felt so ashamed. I was like, why did I respond like that? And when I got to it, it was like, oh, that's the look men would have when they were ready to snatch me and take me into a room. And so I worked purposely to understand, oh, I need to let go of that glass wall that people talk about imaginary that I have that makes sure that you stay in your space and make sure you respect my space. I don't have to have that up. And so here I am making sure I, I, I overcome the cold and it's not a thing for me. And when you did that and you came to me, because I intentionally worked, that happened in December of 2019. So I've been intentionally working to have that down, yeah. that I'm safe. Mm-hmm. That even if I'm around in, in a room full of men, I am safe. Right. I'm okay. And so when you did that, it helped me see like, oh, wow, I didn't react negatively. I didn't, you know, like, <laughs> I didn't tell you what you were touching. Yeah. And, uh, so it was very, very powerful. And like you said, you did it so respectfully. Was it you just saw like, oh, you could do this. And that's what uh, it brings me to the talk in mental health about boundaries. Everyone wants to have these boundaries as a form of safety, but what we're creating is more walls. What keeps out the bad also keeps out the good. And so we we lose a lot of connection. Can we be and exist in such a way that, yes, always like be careful of how you you know, your, your environment, if that's important that, you know, like within safety, but I think that we're losing a lot of connection because we keep creating these illusion of safety. We keep creating the boundaries is such a big word that I yeah. actually teach. Well, how about connection? Because if I have connection and I feel unsafe, I have an army of people that will show up for me right? because I've built connection. Right. And a lot of the times we don't have connection with ourselves. We don't have connection with friends or family. And so it's in that connection. We are one that we really start to see this world, this thing called life really change for us in a, in a powerful way. That's beautiful. Thank you for saying that and bringing that up. Connection is the most important thing, isn't it? I yeah, love that. Very thankful for the connection, you know, just the small connection that we've made. Yeah. It, it's been powerful. Hey, the universe had a plan, but we came together and I was there for you. And now you're here for me. We're here for each other. Yes. Um, I always say we are one. We are one. Exactly. Coming down to this episode, I want to um, be able to promote uh, your business. And um, if anyone wants to take a, a, a session, book a session with you, um, how can they find you? How can they uh, work with you if they are going through anything? So I, I have a website which is uh, simply V, like victorious, the dash, and then saga, 
V-saga.com, V-saga.com. It actually means like, what will you do with the dash of this life? You know, we have a year that we're born. There's a dash in between the day that we exit this earth, right? Like most of the time we are taught to try and be successful, have a job, you know, get financially independent, have a family, help that family grow up, be successful like we are and repeat, right? We leave stuff like Stephen Hawking, Harriet Tubman, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan's, um, whatever, Mother Teresa. We leave those stories, those legendary, iconic, epic ways of being for the few, the chosen. And then the rest of us, we're just trying to be successful. But the truth is we all can drop the, the outdated story we've been given and create a saga, something epic. So that's v-saga.com. So if you want to get out of your stories and want to start creating a Victoria saga, that's where we're at. So that's the website, v-saga.com. Love it. And at the end of this episode, uh, coming down the wire, I just want to say this. Everyone has a story. You know, everyone has a story and everyone's gone through shit. So we have to be careful with how we treat people. We have to treat people with kindness, love, and respect anywhere you go in public because you just don't know what they're going through. Um, I want to say that you inspire me, Raquel. Um, something I always want to do is be a good example. And I feel that you've been a great example to the people you've helped heal. And I feel that they're very grateful and um, you know, very lucky to have you as you've been there for them. And uh, I just appreciate you so much. What an incredible story. And this has been such a uh, moving conversation. So I thank you for coming on. It means a lot. And I thank you for opening up the space for me to do so. You have a beautiful, beautiful week. You as well. I'll see you soon. Let's go plunge. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'll connect. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Raquel. Bye-bye. Bye. You look through hair on your face, the way that you say the things that you do. I've been through all of the games, all of the ways that you've been fooled. I know I've seen your face in different times and places. Come get a little closer. I want to get to know you. Secret stabbing our sheets between us tonight Talk to me, let's go deeper You already know I need you We ain't keeping no secrets I wanna see you leave on the lights Talk to me, talk to me Out of your mouth, I wanna hear We can be Something divine, planets align where we should be I know I've seen your face In different times and places Come get a little closer I wanna get to know you We ain't keeping our secrets Stabbing our sheets between us tonight 
Talk to me, let's go deeper You already know I need you We ain't keeping no secrets I wanna see you leave on the lights Talk to me, talk to me Baby, in my head We can love forever Here in my bed Where we lay together Come get a little closer I wanna get to know ya We ain't keeping no secrets Stubbing our sheets between us tonight Talk to me, let's go deeper You already know I need ya We ain't keeping no secrets I wanna see you leave on the lights Talk to me, talk to me, yeah. 